The number one trait women look for in a man is a sense of humor. And if you don't think you have one, guess what? Yes, you do. And I can reach my tiny little hand down deep inside of you and pull it out. I've worked with hundreds of men and we've got their banter game up to where women are responding. They're not getting ghosted, they're getting dates, and they're getting, you know, something else. So if you want to knock more than just your socks off, go to kristenandchill.com. If you banter better, you'll date better. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into the biggest mistakes that you are making in the bedroom with women. We have Sterling Cooper on our show, who is a sex coach for men, and he's going to tell you what you're doing wrong, how to do it better, and we're also going to talk about how to present yourself as a sexual man the right way instead of positioning yourself as a friend or nice guy or non-sexual guy that women do not want to sleep with. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I am by myself. We're doing a lot of that recently. It's Kristen or it's me. It's very rarely the two of us. We're trying to tease you and lure you in. So maybe one day you'll have both of us together and we can have a nice little threesome. But today, it's a twosome. I have the amazing Sterling Cooper on the show with me. And he is a sex coach for men. He teaches men how to perform at their peak level and also talks to them about some things that might be uncomfortable for a lot of guys to talk about with each other. Because guys historically have not shared this information with their male friends. This is like what women do. They talk about their broken vaginas or their boobs being too big or or too small. Men don't typically talk to this, but Sterling Cooper is normalizing this kind of conversation for men. And I am so happy to have him on the show today. So Sterling, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you very much for having me on, Marnie. It's a pleasure. So before we got recording, you told me that you started this in 2020. So obviously pandemic time. But tell me why you started talking to men about sex health, sex performance, penises, all of that stuff. Why was this an area of interest for you? Like, why did you want to start educating men in this space? All that fun stuff. It is fun. All that fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, so my background is actually I was in the world of adult entertainment as a performer for a number of years. Uh, and then prior to that, I, back in Australia, I worked as what you would call it as a high-class male companion. Okay. So uh, wealthy businesswoman would hire me for a, an evening. Nice. Would you say that? Yeah. I, and even before that, I was in the swingers scene as like a single guy, as, a, as what you might call a bull. So What's that? It's the dude who comes in and as a third. pleasures the lady while the husband watches in the corner, basically. Really? So, yeah, a very interesting dynamic and a very interesting situation to be in yes oh my god you have to come back on so we can talk more about that but yes let's continue (laughs) but basically i have because i've got this very unique mixture of 
sexual experiences across a breadth of different degrees of like intensity and, and pressure yeah. performing. I decided to like take that breadth of knowledge and try to like share it with guys. Yeah. Because during my porn career, I was actually getting DMs from dudes every now and then being like, hey man, I'm having trouble with erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or whatever it is. And I, you know, I'd reach out back to them and be like, yo, this is how I fix it, et cetera. And I just started seeing that more and more and more. And uh, yeah, 2020 rolled around. Uh, the industry kind of stopped shooting for a bit. And I was like, yeah. you know what? This is a great opportunity for me to dive into something new. Branch out. Yeah. And that it turned into, yeah, where, where I'm at now, which is basically my full-time job. Yeah. Helping guys all around the world, uh, making sure their dick works properly, basically. Okay. Okay. So let's, first of all, I want to hear about how to make sure that their dick works 100%. But on this show today, I want to talk about like common mistakes guys can make in the bedroom. And I also want to talk about how, how guys can be seen as a sexual man rather than just as friends material. So we're going to get to that afterwards. But for now, give like a two minute rundown of how can we make sure that our penises, well, not ours, but people say that I have a penis, but I don't, but how penises can work to their max performance. What can we do? Yeah. So there's the mental side and there's the physical side, right? And there's a, a kind of a common misconception of if a guy's having a performance issue, let's say, in the bedroom, oh, like, I'm healthy, it's just my dick that's not working. That ain't true. Like, your whole body is this very interconnected system, health-wise, right? So if one part of your body isn't functioning the way it's supposed to, as the way it used to when you were, say, like a teenager, when you were probably at your peak health, right? Right. Most people, it's not the ideal scenario, but for most people, it's probably true. Okay, well, that means that there's some underlying health issue that we need to fix. Maybe it's a lack of like certain nutrients. Maybe it's your lifestyle. Maybe it's your diet. Maybe it's your sleep. Maybe it's your testosterone levels. There's a bunch of things we can dive in under the hood and have a look at to say, oh, well, that's probably what's causing uh, premature yes. ejaculation. Or that's probably what's causing an erectile dysfunction problem. It's these particular health metrics. So. I try to help guys to, one, understand all these different levers that they can pull in their own body and their own lifestyle to see what works in terms of helping these issues. And two, to think of themselves as basically an experiment of one when it comes around to like biohacking a, yeah. a solution for their own unique problem. Because everyone's mm -hmm. body is, is going to be slightly different and everyone's nutritional or health problems are going to be slightly different and slightly tailored. Yeah. But so I think taking that approach of being an experiment of one and looking at yourself, you know, as this, you know, system can yeah. help you to, to really pinpoint the problems and fix them. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. We've talked about it before. We've had other people come on and talk about ED before. And I've, I've mentioned how, like we listened to Huberman and Peter at whatever his name is now. So like my family is very much into functional medicine, which is looking at yourself as an individual rather than like comparing yourself to every single other person. Um, and that I've come into this, my husband has had this happen as well, where he's gone in to go get his typical blood test from his doctor and they come back saying, yeah, you look good. But when you actually push your doctors to do different tests for yourself, it comes back that they're not so good and you're not in the normal ranges for many things. And there are things to be worked on. So I think like exactly what you just said, looking at yourself as an individual and pressing for more information and being armed with the right information to ask for is really essential. But experimenting 
with yourself as the case study, I think is the best way to go about it. So I think that's fantastic advice. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's kind of how I came across a lot of these different biohacks that I teach guys. It's, it's, it was a combination of me diving into, you know, all kinds of scientific literature. I actually have a background in chemistry of all things, which is kind of another topic for another day. But a combination of that, yeah. uh, you know, doing my own research through things like YouTube, some great, great resources. Just met you just a couple of guys you just mentioned there, fantastic resources, and talking to like older yeah. veterans in my industry and saying, okay, like, what does this guy do? He's been working for 20 years. What did he do? Like, does he do before the scene? What does he like? Yeah. What is his diet like? What's his exercise regime like? And starting to recognize these really common habits and common traits amongst guys who are high performers in the bedroom, let's say it helped to sort of create this. Yeah. What are the common habits? Like aside from just eating well, like more, more specifically, are there certain things to eat or certain things to avoid? Yeah. Let's talk about fixing like erectile dysfunction, for example, having a diet that's high in nitrates or nitrate, like foods that have nitrates. So things like beetroot, really good example, Mm -hmm. gives your body all the necessary ingredients it needs to naturally produce nitric oxide nitric oxide being the thing that causes your blood vessels to relax and dilate causes your old boy downstairs to fill up with blood so for example right people will often reach for the little blue pill if they have a problem with you know getting their their manhood up and what they don't realize is those pills won't actually work if your body doesn't have the prerequisite nitrates in its system in the first place to make them work properly. Mm. So if your you know, diet is so deficient in nitrates, then these things won't do it jack. Okay, so they have to have a base. Yeah, you've got to fix that underlying problem first. And what you'll probably find is if you fix that underlying problem in the first place, you won't have the problem. You won't need the little blue pill after that, right? Right. So that's one such example. Another really good example is uh, arterial plaques and fixing like basically unclogging arteries because people think of like heart conditions and and arterial plaques in terms of just heart health but we have arteries everywhere there's arteries that flow to uh, johnson and you can get arterial plaques in those as well and the same things you would eat to try and clear some of that out but work both for heart health but also for your you know performance downstairs so things like vitamin k2 the mk7 variant fantastic supplement to take for scavenging the calcium deposits in your arteries and actually depositing them into your bones, which where they're useful, unclogging them that way. Pomegranate juice is actually something else that's been shown to reduce arterial blocks as well as increase your nitric oxide production as well. So you get like a double whammy with pomegranate or pomegranate extract. So there's a couple of things that are really, really useful for guys. Okay. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank yeah. you for, for sharing that. Are there other common practices of, of things that guys do, like different exercises? Like I've heard, you know, penis pumps. I've heard, like, is there a way to actually like exercise your penis? There's Kegel exercises. I like, yep. I'd love to hear yeah, your point of view. Yeah. All the above you just mentioned absolutely work. I'm a big fan of Kegel exercises for guys. Most people only think of like women when they you hear the word Kegels. They think of those like Benoit balls and things like that. Yeah. But dudes can get a lot of benefit from regularly performing Kegels, not only in terms of erectile strength, lasting, like maintaining a longer lasting erection, also in terms of just your pleasurable feelings during orgasm, it massively increased when you consistently do uh, Kegels. So there's multiple benefits for guys doing Kegels. Now, in terms of exercises that guys would regularly do, one of the things I noticed very 
that was a very common factor was a lot of the veteran performers in the industry had some kind of competitive sporting background. So either they were like a collegiate athlete or they engaged in like Brazilian jiu-jitsu regularly or boxing regularly. No, interesting. There's like a competitive aspect to their exercise, which I think is not an accident. It puts men in like the ideal scenario for exercising and it trains their mentality, right? Yeah. It's like a dopamine hit too, probably. It's that and it's... People talk about meditation, for example, as a way to calm your nerves and eliminate performance anxiety in the bedroom, right? Which and I agree, meditation is a fantastic route you can take. But a better one, I would argue, is sparring or getting in the gym and yeah. doing some boxing or doing some jiu-jitsu. Because when someone's punching you in the face or when you're being choked out, you don't have time to think about the bills and yeah. that argument you had with your coworker. You're forced to be meditative, shall we say, in the present moment. So combat sports, for example, are actually a secret way of meditation for men yeah. that people don't really consider. And there's all the added benefits of like cardiovascular health, testosterone boosting effects of being in competitive sports, yeah. you know, learning to overcome your fears. There's just all of these compounding positive effects that tie together. So yeah. it's a really big bang for your buck. That makes total sense. That makes complete sense to me. I love that. So that leads me into the next category of mistakes that men are making in the bedroom. Because I, like, obviously, you've been in the bedroom a lot. You've been in the bedroom with cameras in front of you watching. You don't want to make any mistakes. So what, <laughs> what are, like, the, the five most common mistakes that you see men making in the bedroom with women? I think the first one is they're too timid. So an analogy I like to give guys is imagine if you were a Roman legionnaire back in the day who'd spent the last year or two years deployed, conquering barbarian hordes, and now you've come home to your Roman bride, how would you make love to her? You're probably not going to lay down a bunch of rose petals and be all super lovey-dovey with her. You're probably going to be more animalistic, more primal, very passionate. That's the kind of sex that, at least in my experience, and through talking to lots of different women about this, that's the kind of sex that women really crave and really fantasize about that mm -hmm. being a man's sexual muse like and just being mm -hmm. an inspiration for his lust mm -hmm. and obviously this is all done in a consensual way right yeah it wouldn't we would be talking about it if it wasn't but i think men are a bit too especially nowadays because there's been a big pushback against men with like uh, me too movements and things like yeah, that of course which is very confusing information because you know, you're like, I don't know how to be, which is sort of why the jujitsu comes into play because you kind of learn how to do that respectfully. Like that's what you're learning in jujitsu is how to be yeah. assertive and aggressive, but also respectful on the other side and working with another individual at the same time. Yeah, yeah, completely. That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't yeah. actually thought that, but it's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, so them, them learning to be okay with not being timid, learning to be a more passionate, let's say dominant lover with their partner will that just that alone will do wonders. Oh, I agree. Totally. For a dead bedroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's give you four more. I think another one that guys don't take advantage of, and this is a secret sexual superpower, and that is dirty talking. Yes. A lot of guys uh, forget the fact that they, they aren't even dirty talking. 
a lot of guys will not even say anything at all and make any noise in the bedroom. And if you oh, ask anyone, I know it's so they, annoying. Yes. I don't like yes. when, so even with my husband, I don't like when he doesn't make any noises. Cause I'm just like, are you enjoying this? Are you alive still? <laughs> right. And I try to make noises to say, I'm having fun right now. It's a way to reinforce it for the other person. I don't know if that comes with security or insecurity and maybe it's tied to that in some way, but it's something I know is a turn on for me. Right. And it's a turn on for basically every woman I've ever talked yeah. to about this topic. And yeah. they would say the exact same thing you just said. So I think guys need to hear that because no one ever talks about that. No one ever runs around telling, I mean, I'm doing it now, but no one's ever run around telling guys, hey, like, speak up, like, speak up, make a, make a bit of noise, moan and groan a bit. Let her know that you're actually enjoying yourself because yes. women derive a lot of their, let's say, sexual ego and sexual yeah. gratification, their own sexual pleasure from being able to get their man off. To satisfy. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. So, so I, I actually had, I had, uh, this from a very long time ago, this guy when, when I was in college and we were friends and he had a girlfriend. I'm trying to remember the story correctly, but so long ago now, but he, I remember he was talking to me about how like he didn't like how his girlfriend gave him blowjobs. And I was like, well then why don't you tell her what to do or show her what to do. I'm not, I'm not saying to be a dick about it, but like, tell her what you actually like. He's like, I would never do that. I would never tell her. I'm like, what's the point? She's down there. It's not something she enjoys unless you're enjoying it. And if you're not yeah. enjoying it, then it's just a, it's a blow job. It's a job for her, right? Make the job enjoyable. Give feedback to your employees. Like you have to speak up and say what you want or else it's not as fun for her to be doing it. And so he did go and he talked to his girlfriend about it. And then he came back like a week later. He's like, oh my God, I got the best blowjob I've ever had in my life. So like communication about this stuff, especially with your partner, even though you think it might be insulting, is super helpful. But you have to do it the right way, obviously. You can't insult and put down. That's why you use a compliment sandwich. I love getting blowjobs <laughs> from you. But like next time, can you cut my balls while you're like, there, you know, yep. there's ways to do it properly. Yeah, compliment, I like that compliment sandwich. Yes. But, well, here's the reason why guys don't do not do that is because most guys are just happy that they're getting a blowjob at all. Oh, for sure. So, they're like, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to like, damn it, like ruin the potential chances of, having, of never having it again. So, but I completely agree. Guys need to learn to communicate better with their wife, their girlfriend about exactly how she can please him the best. Yes. Because Otherwise, it becomes you turn something that should be a really enjoyable and bonding experience for the two of you into this mundane routine. Okay, let's just get this over with. Like, and where you're, where neither of you are really active and present, you're just going yeah. through the motions. Yes, because you're like, oh God, when's this going to end already? <laughs> and then if he would just tell you, here's how it can end faster, or here's how you can, you know, get me off and make me super aroused, and then I can go for longer, and then you're more excited to go for longer everybody's like more happy in the end and it's more pleasurable for everybody. Yep. Yeah. 100% completely true. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's, what, what are some massive mistakes that guys tend to make? I think uh, this kind of ties into the first one I, I said before. Yeah, no, these are great mistakes, I think. <laughs> they're not great mistakes, but they're great, way, great things to focus on. Right, exactly. And I'd say uh, don't treat your woman like she's a delicate flower, like a fragile princess. Uh, yes. Like the vagina can put a baby through it. So the vagina yeah. is quite elastic and it's quite responsive. It can take a bit of punishment, shall we say? Yeah. So, you know, obviously if a woman enjoys a particular type of lovemaking, obviously cool. We want to cater towards that. But in general, women can be quite receptive to, let's say, rougher lovemaking. Yeah. Because it subcommunicates something 
kind of primal between the sexes, and that is like dominant, shall we say, rough sex. And obviously, again, I'm, I hate that I have to say this every time I'm on the internet, but right. we're talking about consensual, you know, consensual acts of sex like this. Yeah. But being that more kind of dominant lover demonstrates, in a way, a man's capacity emphasis on the word capacity for violence ergo his ability to actually protect his woman because that's subconsciously primarily what every woman is looking for from her man she's looking for a guy she, who's going to provide and protect her right yeah. look after her, like chase away the lion that's going to come and try and eat her and the, the babies yeah okay if he's if he's a big strong man he can do that and with men demonstrating that physicality in the bedroom and maybe maybe this is just as simple as you know just throwing her around a bit, moving her leg, like moving her physically around the bedroom, bending her over, putting her, picking her up and putting her on your lap, like showing that you are more physical. Yeah, that's how I, I like it. I don't like it when it's like slamming into me. Also, because my husband is six foot four and he's like double, maybe even triple my weight. So it's, it's too much sometimes where it's like full force on me. But I like the same thing where it's like moving, picking up. It's like, it is, it's primal and it's manly for me. And that's a huge turn on. Bingo, bingo, there you go. It's the way the sexes communicate, right? It's the, we'll go into another another mistake that guys kind of make is that they're not putting their woman in in their feminine. And they're, they're doing this by not leading. They're not, by not leading mm-hmm. outside the bedroom and by not leading inside the bedroom. And so when, a, mm-hmm. when you ask a woman to, to kind of lead and take on responsibility and authority, it immediately puts her in a masculine frame of mind, which a woman doesn't really want to be in with her partner she wants to be able to to relax to be in her feminine to let him lead and take responsibility and make decisions so she can follow a man that she respects and loves yeah i agree i was gonna say what about women who like to be more dominant because there is a space for that so not all women like that there absolutely is a space for that and it's in general that is probably more of a, a smaller demographic of women across the board yeah I and agree. so in that in that circumstance okay that just comes down to them communicating that with their partner and, and finding a partner who, who that resonates with, which won't be, won't be much of a problem, I don't think. Right. Yeah, and finding a guy that's totally cool with that probably ain't going to be that, that hard anyway because he gets to sit back and kind of relax a little bit for a change in his life. Right. I mean, it does sound like a lot of work for guys. We just expect to kind of lie there and let you guys do everything. But at the same time, it's like the more that you put us in the feminine, the more we want to do for you. Bingo. So it's like maybe we're not leading in the bedroom but we're doing everything else to make you feel absolutely amazing yeah because if you could put a woman in her feminine like that it makes her want to please you it puts her in that correct headspace where she wants to again like we talked like i said before be the sexual muse for her man to be Mm -hmm. the inspiration for his lust to to be able to please him to be able to get him off and she can tap into that real truly genuinely sexual energy of a woman when she's in her feminine yeah yeah yeah, no, I totally agree. Is there a fifth one? Or if there isn't, we don't have to have a fifth one. Because I think all these were great. I can give you a fifth one. And I think it's eye okay. contact. Guys yeah. do not make enough eye contact, deliberate, specific eye contact. And this goes not just during sex itself, but even like during the foreplay and during like, before, before you, you, you bring her home, before you get into the bedroom, like utilizing like steady, strong, flirtatious eye contact will do wonders for a woman's imagination yeah i agree it puts her in that erotic kind of headspace it puts her and because it was a woman's mind is truly your, your greatest ally when it comes to getting her to orgasm because if she can play 
all these kind of sexual fantasy thoughts through her head again and again and again before you even touch her, before you've even got to the bedroom, she's already halfway up the roller coaster. Yeah, that's her foreplay, 100%. Because it takes, what what is it again for a a woman to reach her peak arousal? It's like... 20 minutes or 40 minutes where a man at seven, I forget what it is. Yeah. On average, on yeah. average about 20. Yeah. yeah. But that's part of it. That makes it happen faster as yeah. well. Cause like every, everything before you get into the bedroom is part of that foreplay Completely. as well. So you should definitely be utilizing it. Okay. I love, I love those five tips. And I think yeah. to double down on that point, I think that's a large part of why guys need to really sort out any like erectile dysfunction problems. And like the ability to last longer or maintain a stronger, longer lasting erection in the bedroom. Because if you're only able to like really keep it going for like five minutes, seven minutes at like full strength, shall we say, well, that's nowhere near enough time for your partner to to get off and climax. And a really, a really important thing I want to emphasize here is that although the female orgasm isn't necessary for reproduction of the species, right? A woman does not have to orgasm to have a baby, right? However, the female orgasm is super important for pair bonding because when a woman orgasms, she gets a dump of oxytocin in her brain. And that is what allows her and causes her to pair bond with the man she's having sex with. And that's the importance of the female orgasm is that it creates that pair bond between the two of you and it makes a woman genuinely fall in love with you. And so if you're not able to last long enough and maintain a a strong erection for long enough to actually help her achieve that climax, well, you're going to be kind of fighting this uphill battle to really create that genuine bond and that genuine love between the two of you, I think. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So do you think that men need to be penetrating while an orgasm happens for them to have that chemical bond or are there... Not not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. They don't necessarily need to last long because I would even say most of me getting warmed up like is not penetrative sex. And for me, I actually don't like having sex. I don't for that long, like 10 minutes is a lot on my vagina. <laughs> so I, so it's interesting that you say that because like I like all the other stuff and then I like to be like not dying for his penis to be in me, but like craving it to be in me. And then it's, you know, three to five minutes max. Yep, I get so for me, it's not necessary that, that a man has to go long enough. It's just that he has to be sort of awake long enough for, <laughs> for me <laughs> to be finishing. Like if he finishes before, <laughs> that's fine. As long as he can still roll over and finish for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're talking about yeah. Yeah, the foreplay and then maybe like a bit of cunnilingus here and there. Yeah. Hand stimulation, whatever. Anything that can that help you up that kind of roller coaster to, to climax, and yeah. then yeah, and that also helps men too as well to sort of calm themselves down for a bit if they take that kind yeah. of sensation off of themselves and go to pleasuring her. That can help them kind of get to that climax point at the same time. I want to take a quick break with Sterling Cooper, a sex coach for men, and when we come back, I want to talk about how guys can be seen as a sexual man rather than just as friend material. So we'll be back in a minute. I know you guys listen to this show for all sorts of advice when it comes to dating, but I always notice a little spike when we talk about S-E-X. Yes, you guys can spell. You know what I'm talking about. So I think you guys will be pleased to hear that we have an amazing sponsor that I want to talk about right now, and it's Beducated. So Beducated is a platform online that teaches you everything you need to know to have great sex, but not even just great sex, 
elevated sex, sex you never thought you could have before. They have courses on very specific things. They're not general. They get nitty gritty. And I know this because I actually used to do the voiceover for some of their videos. So I've learned a thing or two from Beducated that I've incorporated into my sex life. There's courses like Blowjob cunnilingus, handjob mastery, fingering, roadmap to intimacy, sex positions, so on and so forth. So you need to take advantage of their biggest discount ever, which is 60% off their yearly pass. You'll be locked in for life. And with that, the only question is left is, are you ready to get educated? You know how crucial good sex is to keeping a relationship going. And I've had different relationships where the sex has been okay and where the sex has been mind-blowing. And where the sex has been mind-blowing, I've become addicted to that feeling. If you can make a girl feel the way that I've been made to feel, she will keep coming back to you. And I, no pun intended with coming. She will come back to you over and over and over again. So start your journey to sexual happiness with Beducated. I mean, seriously, there's a hundred plus expert-led courses that promise more than just tips. They really promise transformation. So this Black Friday, think long-term. Junk gets old, but pleasure evolves. Stuff is temporary, sexual pleasure is forever. So don't spend your money on that junk on Amazon or in Best Buy. You can master new techniques and develop those skills to become a better giver and a better active receiver. Sometimes as a receiver, we're not giving those feedback cues to our partner to let them know what they're doing is what we want. One of the classes I loved was about edging. Have you guys ever heard of edging? Hmm, you haven't heard of edging, have you? Well, it's quite wonderful. So there's things in there that you don't even know exist. So go to Beducated, get 60% off your yearly pass, with our coupon code ASKWOMEN. Try all Beducated courses free for one day. You won't get charged for the first 24 hours and you can cancel it at any time. And there's no risk with the 14-day money-back guarantee, but you're not going to use it, that money-back guarantee, because it's going to be so good. It's going to change your life. Yes, your life. So invest in your love life and join Beducated now for just $6.66 per month. Get access to a vast variety of 100 plus courses online from the world's top experts. So again, go to Beducated and use our coupon code ASKWOMEN. This is a deal like no other. You want to get in now. Don't miss that deal and get your sex life to blow not only your mind, but your partner's mind. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work 
like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty, and you'll find out all about it. All right, I am back with Sterling Cooper. But yes, Sterling Cooper is going to tell us about how to avoid being seen as a friend, but like how guys can be seen as a sexual man. And you, you touched on this a bit in the first half of the show when you were talking about being a leader with women. And like, I want to hear more about this, not necessarily just in the bedroom, but just like in general, like how can men position themselves as sexual men? And I, I do want to say one thing before you also touched on like making a woman feel feminine. I talked about this in my, one of my group coaching calls last week. And I was talking about how I wanted like break this myth that women are not capable and they're frail, right? That's what like a lot of nice guys tend to think or in mm-hmm. their, in their head, maybe they're not even thinking that, but it's like, they don't want to rock the boat with a woman. They don't want to say anything that's, that's too harsh or too crude, but they forget that women are badasses and are comfortable and capable of taking care of their own likes, wants, and desires and can handle the stuff that you throw at them. They can handle a crude joke, right? We kind of want that sometimes. We can handle somebody ruffling our feathers because we need that to feel alive. It's very in line with what you were talking about at the first half of the show. Like women are not these little China dolls. And the more that you treat us that way, like eh, you're going to break if I say anything that's too much for you or if I touch you too hard or if I touch you at all, you're going to break. And we are not that. And I don't want guys to think of us that way. So then I'm going to open the question back up to you. So how do guys be masculine in front of men and be leaders instead of seen as these nice guys, putting air quotes, and and friends? Yeah. I mean, the reason a woman will put a guy in, in like the friend zone category is purely she's there's, there's really only two categories. There's like, okay, this is this guy's friend material or this is a guy that fucks, right? This is a guy mm-hmm. that is a sexual man. Mm-hmm. And a big part of being perceived that way by a woman is being unapologetic, which you just mm-hmm. alluded to when you say, okay, it's totally okay for you as a man to state a firm opinion about something, for example, that might be controversial yeah. or that she might completely disagree with. Or you, you might even be deliberately like poking, you know, and trying to ruffle her feathers a little bit. But that's good because that demonstrates to her that you're a man who has boundaries, a man who has values, a man mm-hmm. who's happy to re- reinforce his boundaries and values and stand yeah. by them. Right? It communicates a lot about your personality when you're able to say something that she knows you know will piss her off, or she might find a little bit offensive, or might just in a playful way. Obviously, not trying right. to deliberately like be a dick, but in a playful way, it actually allows women to respect you in the first mm-hmm. place. And women will not have sex with men they do not respect. They will not categorize mm-hmm. men they do not respect as sexual at all. And in a way, I think a lot of guys end up in the friend zone because women just don't respect them that way. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And then they actually tend to disrespect them afterwards. Like the, I find that the more that like somebody allows me to kind of just walk all over them, it like angers me a little and then I do it more. And I'm not a mean person, but like you can't help but 
do it. It's really a, a horrible trait that humans have. I don't know if this is just me or if it's other people as well, but I've talked to lots of women and they say the same thing too. I do want to ask you a question about being a sexual man and the unapologetic part. So how do men express that side of them without coming off as too sexual and too offensive? Like where, where is the line of saying like, yeah, this man is letting me know that he's attracted to me, but he's not staring at my boobs, trying to, you know, grab me by the pussy. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like, you know, all these, like where it just steps over into being offensive. Where's that line? Well, it's creepy, right? Right. Because that line is, he's either sexually, sexual and he's confident or he's creepy. And I personally think that what women describe as creepy really can be labeled as incongruency on the man's mm -hmm. part. Because yes. think of it this way, right? If, if Not that I would really say this, but I could probably on a date tell a woman, you have a cracking pair of tits, you know that? And I'm saying it as a joke, to be fair. Yeah. But I'm saying it with a, with a pair of balls and I'm saying it like, like yeah, I mean, it, so what? I said it, cool. I'm moving yeah. it, but I'm, I'm not sitting there lingering on it. I'm moving on. Yeah. That's an extreme example, right? No, but it's a good example. Because there's congruency there, right? Like, but when a guy is quote-unquote creepy and is saying something sexual and he's just he throws it out there and then it's lingering in the air and he's waiting for like a validation response back from the woman Ooh, yes. to affirm that it was okay that he said that and yeah. the way you just reacted that's instantly creepy instantly yeah right because i'm picturing it i've had it in front of me where i'm just like oh why did you say that that's just like oh that's just so gross yeah yeah so a big part of it is that that the confidence and the congruency of like knowing that you're totally comfortable as a man talking about things that are of a sexual nature, but it's also simultaneously not a big deal to you because that's right. That's kind of the correct balance is the confidence to talk about sexual things when they just happen to come up, but it's also not a big deal and you just right. move on to the next thing. Cause that, what does that subcommunicate? That subcommunicates, Oh, this is probably a guy who gets laid. Probably. Right. Just because he's like he he doesn't put sex on a pedestal like that. Versus the creepy guy is gonna put sex on a pedestal because it's this he, That is this what it is. Special thing, right? And that is immediately gonna make a woman chuck him in the friend zone. That he's craving and he hasn't had for a long time. You're right. It's like that's exactly what I get from them when they when they say these types of things. It's like you don't know about sex. That's all I think in my head is like, ugh. Like I can picture men saying these specific things and what my reaction is, is you're not having sex right now. That's how I think about it. Bingo. It's like, yep. and you haven't had it for a long time and you're like going home and masturbating 10 times a day. It's like, there's this creepy <laughs> vibe of like, what are you doing behind closed doors and what is going on inside of your head rather than I'm putting out what I want. And if I don't get it, I'm sure I'll get it next week. Can I ask you this really quickly? Yeah. You just said something very interesting to me. So when you get that creepy vibe off of a guy, is that yeah. what you just said there? Like, I imagine that guy going home and jerking off like 10 times a day, like watching porn. Is that kind of the image that you, that goes, that you create in your head of a guy who is creepy? Kind of. It's like this devious, like sex fanatic or something. Like, who's like, I get sex now. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just like, it all wraps into one. I don't, I, I don't think I... I consciously think that, but I'm trying to break it down for myself. Yeah. And that's all that I'm thinking is it's like this deprived man who is so sex obsessed that he's not really focusing on the interaction between us to know that that's yeah. not acceptable to say. 
Totally. Right? Yes, totally. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, that's what's clouding his head because he's consumed by sex. Like that's sort of what I'm imagining in my head is going on for that guy. Whereas somebody who is having sex or has confidence that he can have sex isn't consumed by the thought of sex. Yeah. Even though he also will still masturbate every day, you know? I think a good kind of litmus test for a guy is like, okay, if you have a woman sitting in front of you with a massive pair of titties, can you have a conversation with her for like an hour straight and not once look at the titties? Just look straight in her eyes. Like, low cut top, showing them off. You can just maintain like confident eye contact with that woman that whole time. I think you've just passed the test of like internally yourself. You're not thirsty enough to like drop those eyes down and you're like, you soldier on. Well, okay. I have to be honest. Like if I have a girl sitting in front of me who has her boobs popping out, I'm looking at her boobs. Like, yeah, but you're allowed to, you're a woman. I am allowed to, but I, I don't know if that would be the test for me. I think, I think the test would be like sitting across from a man who does that, who then makes a comment on it. But I can't concentrate, like cover those things yeah. up. or something like that. You know, or maybe I'm wrong about that. Cause he's calling it out in a funny way. Yeah. But it's sometimes there are guys who aren't funny and maybe I don't mind if I am talking to somebody that I'm attracted to who does look down there, but can, isn't like, you know, <laughs> locked in on there and then can't have a conversation. I think, I think right. that's, that's the test too. Well, it's hard. I have to put myself in that situation, but I can, right. I'm just imagining those things right now. And I've, it feels icky to think of like a a guy just like staring there. It's really about not being present with me. It's like getting lost in. But to be honest, I have that sometimes as well, where there are very naked people in front of me who are comfortable in how they're dressed. And I'm I, like, I can't concentrate sometimes. It's like, hey, your boobs are like literally in my face. I can see your nipple and it's distracting it sometimes. But usually I'll make a joke about it. Right. And that lightens it for me. Imagine being a man then who's like 10 times more like susceptible to like seeing that little glint of leg or whatever. Exactly. Although my husband always makes this joke now because he's like, because you see how girls dress in school. He's like, back in my day, if somebody had a cut in their jeans at their knee, he was like, he couldn't concentrate in class. <laughs> He'd be like, oh my God, I can see her knee right now. Where now you see people's like, you literally see their vaginas walking down the hall at school. Like their asses are hanging out. Their midriff is showing. Their nipples are showing. There's nothing, there's nothing now that's sort of like unseen. So I wonder if guys have an easier time who are younger now because it's all out there or if they have a more challenging time. I don't know the answer to that. Well, they definitely have a more challenging time getting sex. Oh, for sure. But that's 100% soon. I think it's something like at least a third of men under the age of 30 now. I think it was a survey from about 2021. Oh, the sexless? Yeah. The sexless like, article that went out? But yeah. that was all because of like, you know, people focusing on their careers and living at home for longer, getting married later. That's really what that study was broken down to. But I, I would be really curious to see like sex being out there so much more, like and bodies being out there so much more. It's, it would be interesting to, I'll wait till my son's a teenager to ask him about it, but like just to, to hear about like what the perspective is now. I think it's kind of a sexual arms race between women now. Yeah. Because, okay, like if you're the modest girl, how do you get attention from the boys when all the other girls are wearing short skirts, like running around with like lip fillers, getting boob jobs, yeah. getting BBLs, getting Botox yeah. done, air extensions, all this extra work on their makeup. Like if you're just yeah. like a modest average girl, it's like, I imagine they would feel a ton of pressure 
to sexualize themselves like that just to get the attention of men. Mm-hmm. And that's I kind of the analogy I use is like a sexual arms race between women now. Where yeah. they're just trying more. I mean, you got you go to big cities which I've lived in before, like L.A. and Miami, for example. This is exactly what you see. Every girl is like trying to get the newest bit of plastic surgery oh, yeah. to try and get the attention of like the richest guys in town, and it's just this this constant battle. Yeah, that would be really interesting, actually. Ugh, I want to do this whole documentary on like what is masculinity, what is femininity now. Like, I want to uh, dig deeper into these topics too, and I think that would be really interesting. So maybe we'll have you come back, and we'll try to maybe have somebody younger come on to tell us about what it's like. Now. I don't know, but I think it'd be really interesting. But I want to wrap up this show and just thank you so much for coming on and sharing your information with us. This was a great episode. I thought this was fantastic and really good information for my guys. So thank you so much. So Sterling Cooper, you can go watch him on YouTube. Is there a website to go to as well? Or is it just you want to direct yep, people? Yep, you can go to sterlingcooper.com. That's where you'll find all my stuff. Okay. And you also type in Sterling Cooper into YouTube and you'll see a ton of videos on all kinds of topics relating to uh, sex advice, basically all totally free. So digest as much of that as you like and uh, learn it. something, fix something and have a better sex life, basically. I absolutely love it. That's awesome. Okay, so guys, go check out Sterling Cooper. Go watch his free videos. I've seen a couple of them. He's got really good information. And as you've heard from this episode, he has very good information that every single man can use no matter what age you are. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show and share our show with other guys who you think this information will be helpful for. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, Knowledge is power. Information is power. No need to keep quiet about these things because everybody is experiencing them. So share them, connect to other guys, open up, and everybody's going to feel better. You guys are awesome. We'll see you again next week. 